Hello, and welcome to No Stairway, a podcast about middle-aged men making mixtapes. In each episode, we take a theme chosen at random and using the musical knowledge and playlisting skills practiced and perfected by years of sitting by a gramophone, we curate playlists for each other and you, the listener, to enjoy. We meet here on the podcast to discuss our selections, rubbish each other's questionable taste, and add tracks to the ever-expanding Golden Shuffle, our attempt at creating the greatest shuffle list of all time. This is the playlist of the best selections from each episode according to us, the No Stairway crew, and surely better than anything that HAL 9000 over at Spotify can come up with. The rules of No Stairway are very simple. Rule number one, all playlists should be of album length. We judge this to be 20 songs or 80 minutes, whichever comes first. Rule number two, no artist could be repeated in a playlist. And rule number three, there is no stairway to heaven. As usual, all three of our playlists for this week are on Spotify, and you can find links in the episode description or on our website at nostairwaypodcast.com. My name is Bill, and I'm a middle-aged man who makes mixtapes. Hello, my name is Carl, and I'm a middle-aged man who is jealous that there's a subculture of non-ironic male mullets on the rise, and I'm rubbing pure caffeine into the back of my head to cultivate a beautiful mane. Hello, my name is Tim, and I'm a middle-aged man who moves, erects, and possibly steals sheds at your local allotment site. No shed too big, I'll shift it for you. This episode, we are looking at playlists all about songs, linked to the topic of methods of communication. From tin cans linked with string to the variety of photo deleting apps on your phone, we've got some exciting music here. But before that, let's take a look into our mailbag. Tim, what have we got this week? So this week, we've got another suggestion for a playlist uh, from long-time listener, first-time contributor, Chubb. Has he not... Uh, Certainly the first time he's... Oh, no, he's contributed playlists, hasn't he? He always does the playlists at the moment. He's contributed his playlists. He hasn't contributed a suggestion yet. Uh, So that is uh, great album closing tracks. We've done the opening tracks. He wants to hear the closing tracks. I I much prefer closing tracks to opening tracks, I think. Having thought about it. Like isn't the the if you like the closing track is usually a, a good long song. There's meat on the bones Sometimes, there, yeah. and uh, usually it's, we're just going to end up with you know uh, twelve epics, perhaps. But then there are some albums where your first half is fucking incredible, and then the second half is just a real damp squib. For yeah. example, Metallica, Metallica. Some of those tracks on the end are particularly forgettable. Oh yeah, the black I, album. I couldn't even. Yeah, yeah, I couldn't even tell you the last track. Um, um, I, I do you. I do you a better one. Uh, Tool, uh, Lateralis. That, that ends. You know. Oh yeah, that's for, like an almost. Um, yeah, that. But like that three, goes on forever, doesn't it? It's got that. Yeah, and it's got that track where it's just just pulsing for mm. fifteen minutes. Then there's that guy. You do get, I do enjoy the uh, acoustic ending track. You know, when they just they do the, the big song um, in yeah. much the same way as uh, I don't know if you've heard of the album Bon Jovi, New Jersey. Um, they you have never a... brought it up before. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but there's like, and you know, like uh, Definitely Maybe by uh, Oasis. That had a nice, that had that. a nice um, little acoustic. Is it is that called uh, Married with Children? A track at the end of yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. That nice little acoustic song at the end. Yeah. That's a nice way to finish an album. There's a few, a really... Uh, that's a sub-genre. There's a really good number of those tracks as well. I enjoy those. 
Yeah. Well, I don't know if this translate. I'm trying to think if it, if it does, but the, the secret track, does that translate into a Spotify world? I suppose we, you'd have to probably dig around and see if it is there. Yeah. So, like, you know, are you going to end up with a 20-minute track, which is, you know, 15 minutes of silence, basically? Yeah, because they, that they exist? did that on CDs for a while, didn't they? Oh, yeah, um, it was really fashionable at one point, yeah. I mean, there were some albums where it was a 15-minute wait. It was yeah, a lot. Wasn't yeah, yeah. it, um, isn't there a Nirvana album with a secret track? Yeah. It's, never mind. Anyway, that's a good one. We'll add that one to the um, to the Steelers' wheel. What else do we have? We had, we had a thing, didn't we? Um question from JT about our uh, lockdown rediscoveries. So um, I suppose this is artists' albums that we've rediscovered during lockdown. Carl, uh, any yes. for you? Um, my major one was Peter Gabriel. So I can't think why I got into that. I'll tell you why I got into that. Um, a friend of mine said, oh, I really like prog rock. WhatsApped me first week of lockdown. I said, oh, I only listen to prog rock now. And I said, oh, yeah, yeah, like Genesis. And he's like, Genesis? Like, what? what's Genesis? And so it transpired he didn't really know anything about Peter Gabriel. And so I said, oh, Peter Gabriel is brilliant. But I hadn't listened to Peter Gabriel in probably 25 years, maybe more. And so I, I, I deep dove into Peter Gabriel and I ended up basically listening to all of his back catalogue, but particularly so, which is the album I knew, but also Jimi Hendrix, just because it's great to like drive around to. And I used to have to drive around all the time to go to the supermarket on my own and then stand in a queue. And uh, Electric Ladyland is a fantastic album. If you're, if you're ever standing in a queue for a supermarket with uh, three metres between everyone, um, and I used to have to wait like an hour to get into a supermarket at the beginning of lockdown. Electric Ladyland, man, that is that is the way out of that funk. That is that is brilliant. Um, because you, you've got the time, do you know what I mean? You've got the 15 minutes for the track to build. You know, you don't, you don't need to be yeah. like there going, oh, well... I've arrived where I was driving to now, but when you've when when you're just in a queue, Electric Ladyland is your poison. It's good. Good, Bill. Anything if for you? Anything. It was. I had a chance to go back to a lot of the albums that I used to listen to when I was a kid, just to see if they were any good. And there was very few, which stood <laughs> the test of time. I always approached it like I enjoyed this when I was fourteen, and I listened to the one that really pings off in my brain. Um, the band Terrorvision, a, a band from Bradford. Yeah. And I listened to the album, How to Make Friends Great and album. Influence People. In, in my and... mind, I haven't listened to it in 20 years. Great album. Yeah. <laughs> it's fucking awful. <laughs> it really is. 20, 20 odd years later. And I remember really liking it. And they always had a great attitude. Always read, read well in Kerrang. And I really, I really enjoyed the album. I think partly was because they were guys who'd grown up near me and it was like an affinity to a band who were local, who were relatively big. But then I listened to it and it was almost like there was a kickback where the Britpop was all about the 60s and there was, um, who was it? Um, like Orange Juice and Edwin Collins almost felt like the 50s, we'd said that. Yes, we, we had said that. And that popped up in my brain as well with this television album where that felt like, kind of a heavier Beatles, but not quite the same, where it was a set of blokes from a working-class town, grew up in working-class neighbourhoods, 
and really liked the Beatles, but had something else to talk about and really enjoyed punk music and things that had happened in the 70s and 80s and kind of merged it all together. So in the 90s, that felt kind of nice. It felt with everything else that was going on, but it just really hasn't stood the test of time whatsoever. It sounded really cheap which if they had a, a low quality record contract, then I can see why. And then it was, so I was listening to my regular playlist that I would maybe commute to work with because it was a, a comfortable thing. Yeah, I didn't really refine anything. I think if anything, it was a few of those tracks that I'd enjoyed, I'd always had sat in a playlist somewhere. So I might've just dug into an album here and there. You went into a holding pattern. Oh yeah, yeah. I think since we've been doing this, it's brought, I think I've dug more into and some of the albums that I used to listen to more, I think if anything, doing this has encouraged me to do it more or even find new albums. Um, again, I'll go through a few of this uh, episode. I think we all did it because we did like a, a, a nostalgic um, playlist, didn't we, about university mm. that um, was like a, a right, test, yeah. tester warmer sort of like warm up sort of thing. And I realised during that, that a lot of the stuff that I listened to during university was absolute garbage. So I think ever since then, I've kind of been trying to catch up and don't necessarily, like I'm always looking for new things to listen to. So like, for instance, at the moment, I'm, I've just gone to the replacements because I've never really listened to those. So now, you know, that's my little project that's going on at the moment. And I always have these sort of like little projects that are going on. But I suppose I hadn't listened to Bjork mm. for a very long time. And certainly you've got that period, probably the first four albums up to Vespertine, are, they're all exceptional. Ooh. And then you kind of get into um, Medulla, Volta, the new ones, Biophilia, um, Utopia. They didn't grab the words that you'd never got a win with in Scrabble now. Yeah, exactly. I've kind of been going back to those newer albums and listening to them again. I don't and think they're I've touched you them know, at all. Mm, there's there's some good stuff on there. Utopia, the most the most recent album. The production and everything is so good on that. Um but apps absolutely brilliant. So yeah, go back and listen. So those new My Bjork wife hates ones. Bjork, but she hates good Bjork, <laughs> not difficult Bjork. She like hates all Bjork because she saw her once and she didn't like it. And the other day, it's obviously on Bill's list, there's Pagan Poetry, and I was saying, oh, this is fucking immense. This is like yeah. one of the best songs you could ever fucking listen to. Like if you want to listen to one song your entire life, stick this fucker on. This is brilliant. It's beautiful. Um, You're not wrong. Um, yeah, and my wife's looking at me like, what the fuck is wrong in your brain? This is stupid. <laughs> this is the worst thing I've ever heard. The way I, I, I reasoned it in my brain is, well, the thing is, when you're, like, cooking tea and you put it on, it's on speakers, you lose it all because you've just got the rhythm and then you've got her dafty melody. Yeah. But when it, when it's in your ears, like, when you've got... it, she, She's like a headphone artist, mm. right? Like, mm. when, you, when you can hear every little bloody thing because it's all there... But you need all those bits, otherwise it does just sound like a dafty lady warbling over essentially a big beat. But but when 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 you're really listening to it, there's so much there. And I always felt that those later albums were probably that kind of thing. And I probably needed more time mm. than I have like left on the planet 
to try and sit down and understand what she was doing. And I, I just really need something that's foot tapping in the meantime while I'm trying to just sort of tread water in my I life. So exactly. But one day I will go back. I think I'll go back to those later albums and, and try and make sense of them. But I, I think, I think that's, 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 that's the beauty of yeah. York, right? She's, she's more, she's more, she's deeper than, yes. than what, what she appears. Okay. Yeah. Okay, I will, it's definitely I will worth give that doing. a whirl, actually. You sold that too. Right, so methods of communication. Quick thoughts from each of you about, you know, the theme. Carl, did you enjoy this one? Yes. Um, I, I think uh, it's good because these are snappy themes. It's straight to the point. Um, it's open to interpretation. Um, we don't need uh, to get bogged down because we can just agree on what a method of communication is, I think, for the most part. And almost every single song ever written mentions some method of communication. And uh, as it turns out, um, almost every decent song ever written mentions the telephone. So <laughs> we were, we, we were Ladio, weren't we? I, I enjoyed it. it. It was The trick was getting lots of different, like a, a big variety of methods of communication in, right? That was a trick. I agree, because I think this was simultaneously one of the easiest and hardest playlists to put together, because it, you wanted to have that variety, I totally agree, Carl, where you didn't want to just stick with TV, because there were loads of great tracks about TV. Loads. Yeah. Or just about a regular telephone. The problem there was, was that the really modern stuff about a mobile phone in generally was just, just total shite. And I think I at one point I went down to it sticks with a brief. If somebody doesn't like it, then whatever. And I was like, no, I want to enjoy myself. I, w- I want to do a nice list. And actually, I think I've put together a list that I, it's probably the favorite one that I've put together. I really like it. I've listened to it loads recreationally. I think it's wonderful. I enjoyed this one. I found it easy. I was waiting around for you guys to uh, swap for a couple of days because I was like, right, I've got mine locked in. It's it's yeah. sorted. I I, um, I sort of ploughed through this one and uh, really enjoyed it. I like these sort of th- you know thematic playlists because you can really find some new tunes. Or, or whatever, and 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 I think because you're listening to things over and over again, they get, you know, they stick in your head a bit more than you know if you were just listening to something on shuffle or on the radio, you know. Um, so yeah, I really enjoyed this. Obviously, this was this was suggested by uh, Kirig, wasn't it? It was one of his suggestions. So a, a listener suggestion. I hope you enjoyed them, Kirig. So, should we do Carl's first? So, yes, I. this is one I'd started as soon as it appeared. Like, I was like, you know, oh, Curry's a genius. I'm straight in. That's exactly the kind of thing I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lap up. Um, so, the, the things I had on was I had uh, the letter by the box tops. I had that, like, straight away. As soon as it was announced, as soon as it came out the Steelers' wheel, I went and stuck that on my secret Spotify list. The other thing I had was um, YYZ by Rush, because I knew full well the opening of that. The riff is Morse code, so I'm like, bang, that's locked away. Then I 
stopped. <laughs> left it like that for weeks until it was like, oh, right, now we've got to do the playlist. And so then I had to dive back in. So I had those two. Those are my cornerstones. And again, it was a thing where if I was going to do letters, I'd put various letter things in, you know, strawberry letter 23 and things like that. You know, I had lots and lots of things that mentioned letters, lots that mentioned telephones. And my main task was getting rid of all of those. So I think I've got what I thought I had the best two tracks that mention letters. And now I'm not sure about Strawberry Letter 23 because I think Tear Stained Letter is a vastly better song. And the Box Stops version of the letter, I think, is the more definitive version, but I love Joe Cocker. So I'm, I'm on the fence there as well. So anyway, so um, it's a massive fuck-up. But what <laughs> I basically wanted to do was just try and cover as many different methods of communication as I could at the same time. Like I had some tracks, Semaphore was a big problem for me. I wanted to include Semaphore and there's a track called Semaphore Signals by Reckless Eric. Have you heard, you know Reckless Eric, right? Yeah. And I had it, I had it on for the longest time. I had to decide whether Reckless Eric was one of these guys who was like DIY, but you know, like, like Daniel Johnson is DIY, but he's so good that talent shines through. Or whether he's just DIY just because he's such an ego that he sort of impressed himself upon the world and we have to put up with his shit songs. And I decided that's what he was, that the song wasn't actually any fucking good at all. And the reason why we listen to Paul McCartney songs is because he's actually fucking good and feckless Eric is rubbish. Anyway, so, um, I, but I, once I got rid of that, I found They Might Be Giants, who I think we've previously established are probably the greatest band of all time. Just no one knows it and we don't even know it ourselves. Yeah. So once I found that and I got my semaphore in, I was pretty pleased that I'd got the full gamut until Tim's list dropped. I thought I had the full gamut of communication and then I'd missed fucking <laughs> Zoom, hadn't I? Which is the only way anyone's been conversing for an entire year and I'd totally forgotten about it. And, and like Louis Primer has got a, a whole song called Zoom that, I, that I'd missed and as soon as I saw that, I was <laughs> like, ah. Oh. But otherwise, I'm pretty keen. I've got Ouija boards, I've got bleepers, I've got carrier pigeons, I've got emails, I've got town criers, I've got loud pipes. I think I think I've got everything. So I was pretty happy. And then obviously uh just put it into an order that I liked. My my main goal in this entire playlist was to get you two to like Lou Reed. So I think that's one of my goals was, I think when we started out, I thought, well, Bill never talks about Tom Waits. We need to get Bill into Tom Waits. And I thought, mm, Tim never talks about Lou Reed. Tim would like Lou Reed. So the, the, the whole podcast for me is really should be called making Bill like Tom and making <laughs> Tim like Lou. So I think if, if Tim likes this Lou Reed, because this is the stereotypical Lou Reed track, it's just a guy warbling on like uh, about Ouija boards and his house and occasionally playing a guitar. If Tim likes that, then this whole project is worthwhile because I think that is, that is a Lou Reed track. And if you don't like that, you'll never like Lou Reed. Do you know what I mean? That is, that is just all Lou Reed. And that's where it all came down to me. The only other thing that I really enjoyed that I found was the Japan track, uh, Transmission, which I thought was bizarre, but I really enjoyed it. And, and then couldn't drop it, even though is Transmission a method of communication? Probably. It's a bit vague. But, um, but the track was just so, <laughs> so much fun. I had, to, I had to keep it. So, yeah, so that's where I was. Oh, the other thing was um, I had to keep, I got this email by uh, Will Varley, 
um, just because uh, I think it might be the swearing in it, but um, but my little boy Theo absolutely <laughs> fucking loves it. Uh, he can sing it word for word, cursing and all. So so that had to stay. Like he memorized it on like two listens. So 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 that's in there now. But I, I did think that the the three playlists all taken were probably our three strongest as a triptych. Mm. I think these were the, the three strongest. That there's there's lots for everyone to enjoy. And if you don't like something, just stick around because the next thing is well, you'll probably like it, right? I mean, there were there was nothing too difficult or offensive on anything. And I thought and I thought there were three really good places. And I've listened. This is the first time I listen to I listen to your two normally uh, academically. I have to do it. I make notes. Oh God, here we go again. You know, listen, listen, listen. and then I go back to mine. Just listen to mine because <laughs> mine's good. Um, but this time, I've probably listened to all three equally and and enjoyed them all. So I think we uh, we we've done well this time at least, or unless mine's a lot weaker than normal. But I, I think we've all done quite well this time. I think that's what's come out of it. <laughs> Okay, so I'll start off. I'll address YYZ. Mm. So first of all, I was listening to that and I was like thinking, oh my God, you know, are there any words here that I'm missing or anything like that? There are no words. Beautiful. That's it. So I ended up, I ended up, you know, resorting to the internet and looking on onto it and obviously... Yes, it's Morse code at the beginning. YYZ stands for their it's local airport, airport, Toronto. Toronto. So that's what it's all about. I did like that, but I did spend ages thinking. I was even looking at the cover of the album to see if there was sort of like telephones or things on there. Strawberry Letter 23. I prefer the cover. Ah, yes. Yeah. I think, I think. The definitive version of that tune is, is that the, the one Johnson. from Jackie Brown. I'm not sure. It's Quincy Jones. Quincy Jones produced it. It's the bigger hit. It just sounds bigger. Yeah. I had that version on on my early playlists. Another one that I had was obviously Telephone Girl as well. Yeah. By oh, what was it called? I love that yeah, one. It's good that. Again, I had too many telephone. Uh, songs in the end i've still put more than one song about the telephone in mine mm-hmm. purely because i couldn't decide between the two. let them talk good so- I, I love that song that's a great song elvis costello i didn't think about that one loud pipes by ratatat mm-hmm. i assume that's referring to like viking pipes and things like no, that it's prison it? I'm tapping on the pipes in prison. <laughs> well, that's me anyway. That's what I thought. Because it, it's a double. That's why I couldn't lose that one, because it's a double. It's rat-a-tat, rat-a-tat. On, on its loud pipes, on the pipes in yeah. prison, you see. Doing your Morse code to say, shiv, <laughs> shiv, big Dave, you know. <laughs> Fair enough. There's me being all sort of like uh, Neil Oliver about no. it and sort of like going, yeah, the no. clever Vikings, yeah, they they had those big pipes that they used to do. It's cell block eight. Yeah, block I agree with Theo. I got this email by uh, Will Valley. I don't usually like those sort of songs, those sort of like folky. They all sound the same to me, those sort of things. But I like the humour in it. I like the fact that Nick Clegg yeah. pops yeah. up. Playing Tetris. I like that. It's probably the only song in the world that mentions Nick Clegg, perhaps. Probably in a kind manner. Probably is. Um, it probably is. Mm, 
Carrier Pigeon had that one. That tracks that tracks a funny track, isn't it? Because mm. it starts off with the bongos and then this um you know like country what are they they're a trio, aren't they? The the um, like a close harmony group, really, aren't they? The... Yeah, close harmony. And and it just you don't expect that sort of like country sort of thing to come in. No. Even the guitar, the guitar comes over. They got the bongos, and you think, "Oh, what's this?" And then it's just like, just a kind of uh, you know, a, a four-four strumming of an acoustic guitar, and then just like three three barbershop guys <laughs> chime in. It's, That's uh, it, and it's just you know, it's like two things that shouldn't go together, like mince and ice cream. I'd eat it. World party. Mm. I skipped over that one like a child on the last day of school, skipping out, <laughs> going home. It. I hated that. That was terrible. Really? It's about couriers. Yeah. I mean, couriers don't get any coverage, as far as I can see. Couriers are never mentioned in popular song. That's the only song they get. It sounds like a Coke advert, isn't it? Yeah, I, basically. Uh, actually, my comments put it full on Americana. It's the most stereotypical middle America um, station wagon driving, 12 string playing, goatee stroking, croc wearing wanker who who just strums. Well, away. I know. I I, th- I thought it was about. I thought the message was what you had to say. The box was your heart, and the car was just your journey through life. So it was about being yourself and putting yourself out there. I didn't think it was actually about driving around, unless I've got that wrong. It's just really twee and really cheesy. Yeah, that was it. It's sort of like it's twee, cheesy. Yeah, yeah. And I'll it, take that. Whilst I, I agree with that sentiment that you're saying, Carl, but it was just this really twee, cheesy, repetitive bullshit, which you, you usually just go, this is fucking shite. But it's only like a couple of minutes long. So who's the real winner? We're all the winner because we didn't have to put up with it. It went. It came and it went. It was about careers. It went. It's a lot quicker if you skip it. <laughs> the next one I've put just put yodel shit, possibly the worst song ever included on a no stare yeah. playlist. What? And you included a lot of Eurovision one week. That's saying something. I think that is terrible. Frank Ifield. Yeah. I thought you just put that in just for the pure comedy value because it's just fucking hilarious. It's hilarious, but at the same time, that fucking creep can yodel, man. I mean, <laughs> I, I thought it was. Uh, good humoured and uh, a bit of levity um, after Phoebe Bridges, which was a very solemn song. And as much as it was, a, is, that's a great song. Um, sometimes in between great songs, you need a, just a, p- a pile of funny shit just to get you through <laughs> to the next song. You know? It's not a skipper, it's a spacer. Just embrace mm. the yodeling. I, 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 no, it's terrible. Skip that one. Messenger of Bad News, I like that. And 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 I was listening to this thinking... Yeah, this this is nice. Bit of dub, bit of reggae, and then when you actually look at the band, bunch of white guys, isn't it? I did enjoy that. I I listened to the album. I thought the album was great. And then Boogaboo, right? I know you guys like Destiny's Child, but I was I was listening to yeah. I was listening to it, and nothing wrong with the song, nothing wrong with Destiny's Child or anything like that. But I was kind of thinking, what is the point of girl bands? like Destiny's Child, because they're not like the Spice Girls where everybody gets a verse and does a little bit of thing like that. It's basically Beyonce with a load of backing singers. And it's the same with the Pussycat Dolls. Kelly, you know. Kelly did a bit, man. Give Kelly a break, nah, dude. She didn't, didn't do much, really. She, she did, probably she did. Well, in fairness, it was pretty much those two, and all the others were. If you read on their Wikipedia page, there was a lot of falling out all the time because Beyonce essentially got all the solos, and the other girls wanted her looking. But I, I totally agree with you, Tim, there, actually. It's it's Beyonce, 
with some other ladies and that they're trying to promote a very positive message when actually there's a hierarchy within them anyway. So it's it seems yeah. like a, a, a bit of a misnomer there. The key, the key message here is, though, there's nothing wrong with the song. It sounds fine. That that when that bass kicks in, when the, you know, with the the like the sub bass kicks in, that's a winning track. And then she mentions pages and bleepers. So that's the key for me. That it was a foot tapper that mentioned pages and bleepers. So fair enough, fair enough. So the next three tracks: Bill Fay, Transmission by Japan, and They Might Be Giants. Yeah. I've put four tracks I felt lost pace to the point where I couldn't tell you if I liked the Lou Reed track until the end of it, where I put nice ending, though. Basically, the tracks before that had made me switch off. They were either irritating me in in, in the sense of Japan, boring me in the sense of Bill Fay, and again, boring me in uh, They Might Be Giants. I'd, in fact, I'd, I didn't even realise that that was They Might Be Giants until I went back and looked at it. Oh, that's disappointing. So, I thought that was that, that was something of a killer ending, I thought. That was going to be like a razor <laughs> incision into your brain. I thought, oh, we like Bill. This was, this was for you, Tim. This is how, how much I do not know you, because I designed this to get Lou Reed into your brain. I'm like, okay. Bill Fay, he liked it in the comeback episode when we did the Bill Fay, so he likes that kind of thing. So we'll do that. And this is old Bill Fay, right? So we'll do that razor incision. In it goes. And then I thought, well, Japan. So that's got to wake him up. He'll be awake then because that's a fun track. And then they might be giants. You'd said you'd love they might be giants, so he'll know that track. So that track will be bouncing around in there, and then we drop in the Lou. And then you're like, oh, my God, Lou Reed is like... They might be giants, Lou Reed. Yeah, it's great. And you wouldn't even know you'd liked it and you'd just love it anyway. So that's how shit I am at playlisting. I made a right fucking meal yeah, of that. Yeah, I need to go back and listen. I, I, I will do you the courtesy, I promise, Cal, of going back and listening to that track on its own. And I will let you know um, in the next episode if I liked it or not. Yeah, I fucking hate it. It's just it's just an old lad just <laughs> whinging about a Ouija board. I thought it's, it was beautiful. <laughs> I feel like I've been overly critical there, but you have dissected it quite heavily. I have dissected it quite heavily, and I apologise for that. But no, no, there's no apologies necessary. I mean, this is this is this is exactly why we're here. I yeah. mean, You're already dis- as well, so it's not a big deal. We're not dissecting what we do. I do fit like usually when I'm sort of like going through songs, I put a little asterisk next to any song that I like that I would consider for the golden shuffle, and I've got. Eight, which I don't think I've ever had that many before. It's just (laughs) I didn't like the other ones. The end. Mm. end. Fair enough. And the yodel yodel shit can fuck off. Frank Ifield, I I think you'll find he's he's a hero in many parts of the world. But that's fine. That's fine. Bill, what did you think? Strawberry Letter 23. How did you choose that version? That was my, that was, because I had another version on and then I realised how many covers there are for that song, which I thought there'd be a couple, but not that many. That wasn't the original one though, was it? Yeah. Shuggy Otis wrote it. Right. Okay. Right. I liked it though. I went for that one purely because of it was going to be, it was going to be track two. 
So it was which one sounded more like a track to. So I needed something that came after yeah. YYZ or YYZ. No, it's the Canadian, right? So it's YYZ. So whichever came after YYZ, you know, da -da 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 -bah, and then I wanted tingliest one. Bum, 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 ba -da -ba -ba. Yeah, I wanted the do dee dee dee. I wanted that. So it was that. Plus, it was original. So I'm yeah. always drawn to that, I guess, rather than a And actually, have, going into listening to a couple of the covers, they do, it was just a, a copy, essentially, because they realised how good the original is. There's nothing much of it. I see yeah. what you're saying, Tim, with that. I think the version that you're on about is the one that they used in Jackie Brown with the Quincy Jones one. Brothers Johnson and I think that is a that's better, really good because it's, it's got some version, it's got some extra vocal harmonies in it because they were a mm -hmm. they it, were a group. Yeah, it's, it's, a, group. it's a meatier version, and if I think yeah. if the track would have been later in the playlist, I would have gone for that. But just because it was early, I tend towards the tingly. You know, it's meant to be like yeah. a, a you know a, a tingly poppy star. You know, yeah, sure. Um, I enjoyed Telephone Girl. I enjoyed that a lot. The Ratatat, I really enjoyed the track, but I went in and listened to that particular album. And it got to be, I felt like I was just watching adverts because it was like the the soundtracks to adverts. And it almost got into a point, I got about seven or eight tracks in and it just felt so formulaic, but I really enjoyed that one particular track. The Letter, I would heard that in ages, absolutely ages, loved it. That band with the, with the harmonies, singing harmonies, beautiful. Yeah, Absolutely gorgeous. The box tops. Um, yeah, Brilliant. yeah, gorgeous. Um, Phoebe Bridges just blew my mind how mm. good she is. Yeah, she's Listen great. Listen to both albums. That first album is just epic. Beautiful music, awesome songwriter, great stuff. Telepathy, again, I, I said it to you guys uh, the other day where it just feels like Nile Rodgers has just taken everything that he did with Daft Punk and just said to Christina... Here you go, love. Um, I wrote this for some other blokes, and but I own this fucker. So you can you just knock, knock out your usual ad libs, and we'll just rock this bitch. So yeah, I fully skip that every time. Oh, what? Don't um, skip it. I mean, that is not. I mean, Niall Rogers there has got his foot. He hasn't got like. There's no squeaks and bleeps on that one. That's like his full on like his band and stuff. You know, it's um... yeah. No, I I think that it was more the fact that. He got the band and he got all that going, and it sounds awesome. But it hadn't really been tailored to what Christina was doing. No, well, it's for a and TV show. Aguilera. You know, they they had to have okay, Christina right. Aguilera. It's like you know, you have to, you right. know, okay. that's all prescribed for these guys. It's like you yeah. go do a song, but crucially, it was a foot tapper <laughs> that kept the pace up, and it mentioned telepathy. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. For, for my part. <laughs> It's job. <laughs> Your job's done. Yeah. Destiny's Child, another example of just solid 90s R&B. Yeah. It did its job. But again, it just sounds cheap as fuck now, and you can't really It sounds that. cheap as fuck. I, I, I can't get over that. We've gone over that several mm. times, and I and I, and I honestly cannot get over that. The, the number of times we've put on 90s R&B that we thought was really full of banging donks, yeah. <laughs> as I like to say. And and it's really yeah, it not, although that does awesome. have a bit of a banging... I mean, that is, that is basier than... A yeah. lot of tracks from the era that that must have sounded really cavernous at the time. Yeah, possibly, yeah. Um, but but now it's like the vocals are so tinny. Yeah, yeah the whole weird. thing does. Yeah, yeah. Messenger of Bad News is a prime example of reggae, of instrumental wise. And having played in a couple of performances of reggae, I can honestly say that I just get bored as fuck playing reggae. 
and not dissimilar to listening to reggae because everybody in the band is having their own personal party. The bass player is having the best time in the world. The drummer, beautiful. I did like that one track in its isolation. Uh, enjoyed the Elvis Costello, loved the song, but that synth they've got in it with, and he's got the, the mm. horns on the synth and all sorts, just fucking winds me up. Mm, product of the time. I think. Yeah, very much so. And the beat goes on. I just keep on thinking Miami, Will Smith. I just can't avoid oh, it. Yeah. Like the Bill Fair. Another, another banger. Another banger. Transmission, this was the band that I was going to come back to with Terrorvision. There's little aspects mm. of Terrorvision which are quite, uh, obviously, of that kind of late 70s performance style, of that sound. That sound wasn't that far yeah. away. But that song is just outlandish and ridiculous. And the bass player, mm. back to a bass player, has a lovely bass line that all of a sudden, I wrote it down, 1 minute 54, he just slaps two notes out. He doesn't do it again. He hasn't done it before. One minute, 54, you go back, whack, whack, and then just carries on. I have no idea why he did it. It stuck out like a sore thumb. I had to rewind it several times to work out why he'd done it. It holds no significance within the lyrics, nothing. But I did quite like the song. There was, I went and listened to that album. That was the best song on the album. By a oh, long yeah. Shot. yeah. God, no, they're really um, Lou Reed <laughs> loved it. I was driving. Uh, I was on my commute home. And I'm stuck in traffic because that side of Bradford is like a fucking car park at about four o'clock. And there's Lou Reed going on about this, about his house and the Ouija board and everything else. And I just had the time of my life. I thought it was beautiful. It was a great track. Yeah. yeah. I did like the playlist. Again, it was your pace was your, uh, was your pickup point. It did its job. And I didn't mind a little novelty track of yodeling in the middle. I thought it was lovely. Yeah, a little bit of no, you can't nothing, and and my playlist also shows a little bit of novelty halfway through just to break it all up. Absolutely beautiful. Bit of cheese, happy. everyone's happy. I don't understand the problem. It's ass. <laughs> just a little bit of novelty, just to break it up. Right. Okay. So, you know. Very much like Carl, mine was trying to get different types of communication methods in. I didn't want to put. I had I had tons about letters. I had tons about telephones. You know, there's so many songs. Uh, and then I hit upon this idea of sort of like a chronology of communication. So, starts off with uh, Kylie Minogue. Slow. She's talking about body language. It's also from the album Body Language. So, body language surely the most primal of of all languages. Uh, I just thought I thought you were just quoting slow because it just took for fucking ever to get a message anywhere. No, no, <laughs> no. It was a lot more subtle than that. Um, obviously. So then. We had Talk Talk with the song Talk Talk. I think, you know, double points there, yep. definitely, yep. for that one. Isn't it also from the I album Talk Talk? No, no, it's from yeah. the album The Party's Talk, Talk, Over. That's a shame. That's that a, shame. a shame. I like the so, triple. Obviously, body language, then language, you know, communication mm-hmm. style. And then, you know, as people move around, you need to send out a messenger. The messenger then goes to, to the next village, leaves a message, and if he's lucky, he comes back with his head on his shoulders. As language then develops, 
the messenger takes a letter. So this is all going on. But then in China, on the Great Wall, they invent smoke signals. Then not a lot happens until the revolution of the printing press. So Black Day in July talks about the printing press. That's about the 1967 Detroit riot. Then the Postal Service, that's um, invented in 1700 or something. And then we get Morse code. And what better way to, to talk about Morse than the theme tune to Inspector Morse. Yeah, I thought that was a wonderful point. There you go. See, that's how you put in a bit of a uh, humour there. And the main motif of that actually spells out Morse. Yeah as well so that's morse code buh, 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 buh. It, it spells out morse and a little fact for you if you want to listen back if, you, if you've got BritBox or something like that where you can watch inspector morse to your heart's content apparently <laughs> yeah apparently barrington uh, what's his face the um the composer of of the morse tunes sometimes used to put little motifs spelling out the name of the murderer in the middle of the episode as spoilers you know the composer of some mothers do have them he did the same that that's the same that's morse code for some mothers do have them i didn't know that laura told me about that and then um i put in nightmare by public service broadcasting again two lots of, of of things but it's really there for the male it's it's the idea of vast male transit then we've got i couldn't decide between the two telephone ones so i've got wichita lineman and call me by blondie then we go on to the oh, radio brilliant. the television invented before the radio uh, sorry the telephone invented before the radio then there's the internet then you get an email super furry animals mobile phones in there texting then comes in with their skepta everybody's on social media with my on their myspace pages then they get an iphone then there's emojis now i'm gonna i'm gonna argue emojis should technically come before social media and the iphone because they were invented in 1997 mm. if we're doing a chronology but this is a sex emoji and they're, they're the obviously they're, the they're obviously, I was going to say, is that an aubergine? They're obviously yeah. more Kissing recent face. Yeah, with, the with the invention of the aubergine. And then finally, we end on Zoom because that's what everyone's doing. What do you yeah, think? Strong yeah, yeah, um, a variety, Tim. There, there were some high points. There were some low points. There forgot about is. the Kylie track. It was almost charming and it's like it's hypnotic, instrumental, and so on. I really I did quite enjoy it actually. It was was it part of the same kind of thing with your Kylie comeback? There was another comeback, which I think this was part of, because this was a, a split from her bubblegum popness, wasn't it? This was a later one, wasn't it? This it was, was early two thousands, I think. Can't get you out my head and all that sort of stuff. Right, okay. That's right. It's, two, it's 2003. I feel for you. I think that been the big hit. Right. Russian Messenger. I liked it a lot. But then with those kind of guitar empresarios, well, there's two of them, yeah, I presume. I hope so. Otherwise, somebody's yeah. very pleasurable in the bed. But I always feel like with guitar empresario, it's better live. And as soon as you listen to lots of it, you just wonder how they're doing it more than anything else. So, for example, Carl and I, a long time ago, we went to watch a guy called Preston Reed. And I oh, yeah. I heard his stuff, thought, okay, brilliant, we'll go watch him. And he was mind-blowingly good. Mm. Like how, how the hell somebody can use a guitar like that just blew my face off. 
and giant of go back to his albums i'm just i'm just not it loses that impact to me because i i want to see it being played rather than just listen to it joe cocker beautiful band with him it was great postal service like semisonic found an arpeggiator i just wasn't sold i really wasn't <laughs> i did yeah i didn't like that one much uh, public service broadcasting oh is always going to win for me I was gutted I'd forgotten about Wichita Line, man. Absolutely gutted. Saw it on your list. I was yeah. like, fuck. I, th- I threw my phone on the floor. <laughs> I thought that disgust. was guaranteed golden banger. Like, well, afterwards, I was like, oh, why is <laughs> yeah, that yeah. not a golden banger? Because we should and have all had enough, that. A stupid. few weeks ago, it was on TV for some for whatever reason. And it was like, that'd be good to go in a playlist. And I didn't write it down or anything. I think I saw it at the same at the yeah. same time. I think I saw the same thing, Bill, because I remember thinking back. I was like, yeah, yeah. "I've just seen that on fucking telly." Was it like Top know. of the Pops, was... nineteen sixty-two? Or so, you know, like some. I remember waking up in the middle of the night with a telly on, going, "Yeah, I, I, I need to put that yeah, on a playlist." Gutted. Absolutely gutted, and I didn't. Skepta, gutting, shite. <laughs> Fucking awful. This is, I think I've got the same block on grime as Carl does with anybody who uses samples. There's just a lack of artistry there. Total shite. Where it's few and far between when I will hear a grime track where I'm just like, that's really good. This is not an example of it. This is, I'm going to barge in on Carl's uh, poem corner. Big rings like Saturn forget the fame because there are, that's already happened. Really? It's like it's written by, by a seven-year-old. Yeah, I, a seven-year-old, yeah. I've, I've got here... I, I'm, I'm beyond skeptic, skeptic. I'm just, I'm just going the fucking it's thing. The I think that's unfair. The the artistry is the is in the lyrics. Well, not, not here with rhyming Saturn with Happen. No, but it's like you don't get it, Bill, do you? You didn't grow up in... Um... Walthamstow. I'm not debating that bit. I'm saying that. The artistry within the music as a whole, as this being an example, just lacks any kind of edge, any kind of passion, and it just feels so dis again disingenuous that it's just a track to be sold. That it's it doesn't if you compare it to other genres of hip hop, it doesn't have that layer of attitude where there's an understanding of of music creation on top of telling a story. There's a story being told in a very roundabout way albeit very simply and very plebeian. It's boring, but the majority of times I'll listen to it and go, is there a redeemable quality? I'll get 30 seconds in and I'll skip it. Okay. Or I'll switch radio channel just because I get very bored very More quick. More grime for Bill. I'll put that down as I think. I think the problem I have with with, with, with grime in particular is that it's a kind of, it's, it, it's mm. almost like a third generation hip hop, right? So... Um, and I think on what makes hip hop really great is the connection it has with uh, sort of genuine improvisational uh, music, predominantly mm-hmm. black American improvisational music. And I think there's a generation now, which I think this is kind of, I mean, it's not, it's not the worst example of, but there are, there are, there are examples now of music, which pretends to be hip hop, but it's yes. completely disenfranchised from jazz essentially like improvisational black american music or or even from Mm -hmm. blues improvisational music that kind of the improvisational music that comes from a certain part of america that's predominantly by a overwhelmingly working class 
black populace that came out of a certain time. And these artists now don't have the connection to that kind of musical improvisation. And they don't have that underpinning. I think, I think that's, that's what I have a problem with. It, in a way that, like, I've always enjoyed, uh, whenever I hear Stormzy, and I'm no expert, I think he has a kind of grounding in yes, I'll uh, agree other kinds that, yeah. of music, not necessarily improvisation, but, but he has a grounding in maybe gospel music because he's obviously a devout Christian and everything, and he's obviously a churchgoer, and lots of his music relies on those kind of gospel melodies. So he has this kind of musical underpinning that comes from a different, a, diff- a completely different route that isn't improvisational. But I think the hip-hop that I've enjoyed, not that I, I don't necessarily enjoy Stormzy, but the hip-hop I enjoy is more of an improvisational music. And I and I think that's what this lacked for me. I'm not prepared to call it rubbish just because I don't think I understand it. I think, I think that's where I'm at. So I would, I would, I would second yeah. him, more grime. Let's do it. More grime. Let's try and get to the bottom of grime. Let's try and really pick that apart. So we're, we're, we're middle-aged. We're allowed to not understand something, but we do, we do, we, we do owe it to everybody and ourselves yeah. to dig into what that. What about a grime playlist? Yeah, I, I agree. Like, I always give it a go. I just mm-hmm. found that one particularly grating and shit. Oh, I'm not... You no, know, that was shit. Yeah, no, it was shit. But, <laughs> it was about but, texting. Uh, oh, I'm saying the reasons why it's shit are interesting. It was about texting. It, it, it said it's, it's purpose. It was about, about texting. texting. But I, I just have to say, Skepta, Mercury Music Prize winning artist, so... Uh, but I thought we had a, a monitorium. I thought we and, all that kind yeah, of Yeah, we're not allowed to talk about awards anymore. <laughs> because you we decided they're all dog you, shit. You can say what you want, you know. You can use it to defend your argument, or you can remind people that M people got uh, got, got a Mercury. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Driving Miss Daisy <laughs> won the oh. Oscar. Carl? Yeah, I thought, uh, again, like, I, I think these lists are the, the strongest as, as a set we've done. I think this is both of you guys. These are the ones I've listened to the most from you. I think this was one of Tim's strongest. Really strong start. The bit I enjoyed the best in the entire playlist, and this is like a really geeky playlisting point, but I didn't necessarily enjoy Postal Service because uh, it's not my cup of tea, but, I, you know, I'm not going to slag it off. From Postal Service into Inspector Morse is just like a sublime fade, like one ends and the other starts, and you just don't know where one... Tra- and I just thought, from a playlisting point of view, that was really magical. For, for me, when I'm looking at where, you know, how the tracks move together, I thought that was one of the, one of the highlights of, of your playlist in life, I think. That was that was really great. And I, I thought the playlist was great until <laughs> the Wild Hearts, which I love the Wild Hearts, and I've really got a strong soft spot for, for everything they do. But that's just not one of their best songs. But it mentions the radio, so it does the job. But it's, that's not what that, I don't like, that. That's yeah, I, I, was, I was indifferent about that track, to be honest. Yeah, I like the Wild Hearts that are like, um, for the most part, that are after the the single that they've tried to do. Do you know what I mean? I think they're 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 a they're a great band when you dig into them, but often I think that was one of their sort of the, the it was it was a sing it, they always do a single you know on on their albums that's meant to get like airplay, and I thought that was their that was what they were doing there and. That's the comeback album after after uh, Endless Nameless. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm, you know, but they have got at least 30 songs better than that song, I would say. So well, for me, fan, like, it's oh. a fan favourite. It's, it's, it's one I'm, that yeah, the fans always I know. vote for. If I'm at a gig, if I'm at a gig, I'm jumping around when that comes on. I'm like, yes, but on a playlist, 
I don't think so. That that was that was a, a, a low point for me. Well, it wasn't a low point. It was just that was the point where I thought, oh, we've run out of charge there. The super furry animals I've got here. I um I, lo- I love the super furry animals. We all love the super furry animals. But there there are there are two super furry animals, aren't there? There's the sublime super furry animals that are insanely good and do these do things that no other band would do. And then there's the the really shit super furry animals that are so self-indulgent and self-involved, but they do things that no other band would do. And this is this is the latter for me. This this <laughs> it, it, this was the track. I remember a friend of ours, I'll, I'll name him Alex, um, saying how good this album was. And this track in particular, you know, brilliant. And at the time, um, I thought, well. You've misunderstood. And I think now looking back, I think I misunderstood. What I thought was great about the Super Free Animals is what everybody else thought was tired and dated about the Super Free Animals. And everybody liked the shit side of the Super Free Animals. And this this is this is the shit side, which I'm I'm sure everyone loves. And you guys can both agree that oh god, that was genre redefining. But Actually, that, that album's a good example of both sides of them anyway, they do, in they, general. They do they do both sides. There's half the album which is which is incredible. Yeah. And nobody could write songs like that and the other half is like why have you done this it's, it's filler it's like it, the one band, it's like they're killer and filler sometimes in the <laughs> same song but then the following album the one that was mm. all in yeah well mm. that one was mm. awesome that was really it was really interesting well the lyrics could have been shit we don't know we couldn't understand a word of it sparks can't believe I forgot the Sparks. The absolute genius. Yeah, I like the Sparks. Um, yeah. Few too many cuss words for me. I fucking hate swearing. But that was, um, but that 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 was brilliant. Um, and I think Sparks are one of those bands, aren't they? That um, if you say, "Oh, Sparks," they're like people would say, you know, normal people would be like, "Who was Sparks?" And you're like, "Sparks are like Queen." Mm. But for people who actually like music, you know, they're like a, a good version of lots of different bands. You know, I don't think you could, there's no way to fault Sparks as a band. I think they're, you know, they're, they're brilliant. They're like, mm. um, you know, if, if you want to go back and say what band should be on some pedestal somewhere that is currently occupied by in Queen or what's another shit band, ABBA, you'd say, well, get Sparks out. Do you know what I mean? Because Sparks are genuinely good. Yeah, you know? genuinely. Yeah, they're like, they're like uh, the Beatles, but even more camp. They're brilliant. We need to contact their publishers and make sure they quote you on everything oh. you just said on their next album. They're like the Beatles. <laughs> It'll fill up an entire poster. I will be quoted on that because um, I'm, I'll happily back Sparks. They're brilliant. And that track in particular, like, and I can't believe I forgot it because I'm, I'm a Sparks fan. And then when that was there, I was like, why the fuck didn't I think of that? It's so annoying. Um, not as annoying as Wichita Lineman or Zoom, but equally annoying. Uh, Metronomy. I know you guys like this kind of shite. I don't. I've Oh, right. Good, good. Because that is, I, I've, got, I've mm. written here decorative. It's this thing I've got with this kind of music where it just it just it, it's there, and if I'm driving, it's fine, or if I'm cooking or something, it's there, that's fine. But it's not. It, it's it's the exact opposite of the listening experience we talked about with Bjork. Do you know what I mean? Where there's this complete immersion and we're totally into it, and if you're not paying attention, you're missing the mm. entire fucking point of the thing. With metronomy, if you pay attention, there's nothing there. Like like simply red. Like simply. This is like hit. 
being hit by a, a frying pan in the face. If you concentrate on it, all of a sudden, everything disappears, all is grey, and you don't know where you are anymore. Like, do not concentrate on metronomy. It's, with the, I think they're just nice. It's nice, like heroin's nice. It seems nice to start with, but it's moorish, and by the time you've finished, you can't feel anything anymore. Like I said, I nearly put one on because I thought it was on early on, but because then I'd put loads of other tracks it, in. It's music. Like, just not good enough. I looked him up. The, the fellow's from Totnes. Do you know what I mean? I don't think you get much of an edge if you grew up in Totnes. I mean, he should have just been a landlord or something. <laughs> Second homes, that kind of thing. <laughs> There's nothing nothing good ever happens in Totnes. It was it was the best song that I could find that mentioned emojis. Uh so it 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 served a purpose. It got in, it did its job, it got out. And for that, it's lovely. Yeah. I, and I think moving on, the <laughs> I, I've written here inspired full stop. Genius selection, exclamation mark. After you rubbished my list, I've rubbed out the exclamation mark. Um, but still, I will, st- <laughs> I will stand by. Um, Zoom is not only a brilliant ending to a playlist, um, which which had gone through. I mean, there was a, that, that, that ending section is ropey. So obviously we've got sparks, but I mean, I am... After Steve Martin, which we didn't mention actually, but Steve Martin's brilliant. What, what a fantastic track! Um, and, uh, and well, and yeah. Eddie, Eddie Brickle as well. I mean, it's not just they're a double act, aren't they? That you know, that, that's a wonderful track. But then I've got Super Furries, ah, uh, I've got Skepta. Oh my god, the social media track that's part of metronomy for me. It's just garbage, garbage, garbage. And then, but then Sparks, but then metronomy. I'm, I'm back down in the abyss, you know, but then Zoom just. It's phenomenal, phenomenal. And I think in terms of thinking outside the box there, I can't, I can't even believe I did. Do you know how long I spent searching for lyrics that mentioned video conferencing? Do you know what I mean? I never thought once to type <laughs> Zoom in. I mean, it's infuriating, but that was that was absolutely inspired. Inspired, I loved it. Um, so, yeah, save the end. Well, thank you very much. Bill, you're up next. As I said right at the beginning, this was both the easiest and most difficult playlist because it was wading through a lot of tracks, a lot of information from lyrics or what was in the song. In the case of YYZ, for example, with the Morse code. And I wanted to do similar to what Tim does and find something new that I haven't necessarily heard before, as well as have touchstones of of something which is familiar, just to kind of keep the pace up and keep the interest. So I've picked up some new artists, which I really enjoy, and I've never heard of them before. And that was just through searches on Spotify. So for example, in the list, I've got Teletext by a band called Threads. They're a Manchester band. Uh, they've been knocking around for a while in a variety of forms, uh, but they've got a couple of singles on Spotify. They're pretty good, and that I really enjoy that track. And it does reference the uh, the wonderful form of communication of teletext that we would have enjoyed in our childhood. Bamboozle on Channel 4, Now and Next on CFAX 606. You still remember those. There's still a muscle memory in your thumb for the, for the teletext. I couldn't go to school until I'd done Bamboozle. Like, I'd, I'd be crying until I'd finished Bamboozle. Oh, yeah, those were the days, weren't they? Yeah, yeah. And there was some hard there was some hard quizzes on that, on Bamboozle. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't for the uh, thick kids. No, no, it was, it was tough. 
Yeah, there were some tough ones. Um, so anyway, let, let me have a quick run through. Kicked off with a blondie. Call me. Uh, World Service, which I just stumbled on by accident. It was on my release radar um, because I, I like a lot, not all of, I like a lot of Gilligan Moss's work. All Caps by MF Doom. And it was a bit cheeky. R.I.P. R.I.P. And it was a bit cheeky. I thought it was a bit cheeky. I thought I thought somebody might pick me up on that one being a little bit close cut. But he does say all caps to um, to remember his name and so on. So he, he reference he does say that you need to write in all capitals if you're doing something important. The next one, a band called Pool Kids. Never, I'd never heard of them. I just found them doing this. And they're great. I listened to their album pretty much all last week. Love it. It's a brilliant album. Great stuff. Uh, they're like a math rock band, uh, originally from Florida somewhere, but now they're up in Chicago. Father John Misty, always a winner. Love a bit of Father John. Uh, Labby Schifra. I've come back to Labby again. Friend of the podcast. Bless the telephone. Tear Stain Letter, Johnny Cash. Carl praised me earlier in the week that I went a full seven track without putting a song in about or mentioning suicide. It might be a personal best. I think that's a record. But it's still a fun song. Like, he's still happy about it. it. It's a good one. I like that one. Jimmy Buffett's back. The return of Jimmy. Chantilly Lay. So Jimmy Buffett and the Big Bopper are my novelty tracks. Good News by Matt Miller. That was a late addition. I just, I wanted something about the news. And this was the one that I really liked. Actually, I'd heard it before. I think it was done. I think it was released posthumously, actually, for him. I really like it. It's a lovely track. Television Man great album that's from i went and dug into that sound and vision bowie pagan poetry so we're into bjork that is awesome um you've got all kinds of delay on the keyboards that are in the pans and the headphones that you're on about car with that being a very much a, he- a headphone artist from bjork teletext satellites bill rider jones i've been trying to put that one in for a while same with the next track put down your pen by Childcare. uh yyz I must say that um, Pearson Toronto Airport gave me the best poutine of my travels around Ontario and Kaplanskis. It was, I've been, I've even went to the Kaplanskis in the centre of Toronto. The poutine there wasn't as good as the one, the one in the airport. Absolutely ludicrous. Good top tip. Yeah, good top tip. Um, London Talking, bit of fun there. I like that track. Telegram, uh, Saul Williams is just relentless for the entire track. And then finally, um, Christmas cards from a hooker, blah, blah, and so on. Nice Tom Waits number, just seals the deal, puts the whole thing to bed. I really enjoyed this one. I listened to the, I've listened to all three playlists a lot, but I'm really proud of mine. I really enjoy it. Carl, what did you think of that one then? I think this is easily Bill's best playlist. Easily. I mean, and I've, I've enjoyed several of uh, Bill's playlists, but previously it's because I think we share a lot of uh, tracks that we both enjoy more than, say, me and you do, Tim. We, I think we come from different places a lot of the time. Whereas uh, this is the first time I've had a playlist from Bill where I wasn't familiar with lots of it, and I've, and I, and I've enjoyed it. And I thought he didn't have a crying corner. I, I, I mean, I, I've, I've looked... I mean, you know, when you put Johnny Cash in a playlist, you think, well, there's the crying corner. This was an upbeat crying corner there is a mention of suicide but it keeps going um and then he follows that just a dip into crying corner with um a couple of novelty records so i enjoyed that i'll get to my criticism i got my criticism so so 
Um, it really strong start. I mean, the, the Blondie was great. Uh, the Gilligan Moss. I'm completely unfamiliar. That's like a relatively new track, right? That's like yeah, that's that's this been year. out the last the last no the last week or two. Right. Okay. This is a recent track. It's brand new. It's a recent yeah. track. Um, that was great. Obviously, uh, Doom. I'm familiar with, but the Pool Kids uh, was where, my my stumbling block with the start. I've written here what a 12 year old thinks at the driving sounds like. <laughs> I just I just found that so insipid. I mean, you just you just said how much you enjoy it, and that's yeah, that's yeah, a shame. I, really really, that one, yeah. I thought you'd say, well, I had to put this in because it says email. Um, and I regret it. That's what I'd hoped you'd say. Right. Yeah, I thought that was that was forgettable. But then again, you know, you've you've won me back because you got Father John Misty. Um, who I I mean, I don't understand how I could have missed Father John Misty. We said this, I think, in an earlier podcast mm. where you put um, what was the track uh, about the one about God? Quite a few. Mentioned yeah, he that. mentions God every time. But another amazing track, and I'm just like, geez, why don't I listen to this guy? You know, this this should just be the only guy I listen to. So I might, I'm going to follow up on that. Yeah, I'm surprised that you don't know more about him because you like that kind of almost ironic, non-ironic or ironic schmaltz. You really enjoy that. I do. And, yeah, and I really enjoy full it. On tongue-in-cheek he's all schmaltz. that yeah 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 he is all that you know i should i should really love that guy so i'm, I'm gonna get more into that and then obviously uh uh labby we love labby we're, we're properly into him johnny cash and then ah oh, i've put what the flying fuck is mac miller what is that <laughs> what is that I mean, yeah, yeah. It's, I've put, I've, it's put, pretty, I've put not. Don't listen to his other stuff. I've put not music. This is not music. Yeah. This is. I mean, this falls into this kind of abyss I have with obviously most of the stuff you guys come up with. I'm like, wow, that's amazing. I've never heard that before. That's great. You know, I'm into it. And this falls into that other category of this isn't music. This is this is this is things that are happening when music should be happening, but this is happening instead. I should be listening to music, but these are just sounds that are happening when music should be there. I can't yeah. I I, I can't if anyone's listening to this and, and is thinking about listening to Mac Miller and now apparently I'm going to be some sort of ogre because apparently he's died or something. Oh yeah. Said. Yeah. Right. Okay. Now, yeah. Oh, that's fu- that's fine then. Right. Do just do not listen to it. It's not music. If if you don't like music, go listen to Mac Miller because that's your cup of tea. That's a shame. I thought you quite enjoy that. No, it didn't go anywhere, and I didn't. I I thought it was characterless. I think. I think that was yeah. my thing. I d- I don't know. I don't know. But it's really not my my aesthetic. I put down on that one, starts off promising, then gets dull and repetitive, lazy right. thing. Yeah, okay. I'll, right. I it, do, it does need another layer a little bit later on. I'll go with you on that. If it went somewhere, I did something. Because mm. if we're just doing stories with a beat behind them, well, then that's a different thing. Do you know what I mean? That's yeah. not music. So, okay. But then I've put, thank God for talking heads, David Bowie and Bjork. I had the time of my fucking life. I mean, that's I'm on I'm on home <laughs> turf there. I thought they were all fantastic, uh, particularly the Talking Heads. Like Talking Heads, we've put them on several times, but I don't think we've ever really celebrated how fucking insanely good Talking Heads yeah. are. Right? Yeah, like I said, the album. I, I listened to it today. Actually, I was working away this afternoon, and it's just fucking mind blowing. Just every track's just huge. It doesn't. It hasn't aged. Everything's experimental. Like it, like it, even their crap songs are trying to do something that you that is in some way different mm. it's performance 
and, isn't it? and understanding your instruments and working them correctly. Although there is another case of strange slap bass being used. I don't mind slap bass. And then I've got another heartbreaker, the, the Teletext. Great link, because Teletext, I have a lot of fondness for Teletext. But that, yeah, it's an awful song. Hmm. It was the only one that I could find. It's an Teletext awful song. Well. Tim, did you think that was an awful song? I put down uh, more strokes, wanna be yeah. bullshit. Yeah, that's an awful song. Repetitive, halfway, drop, bring it back. That's that's basically yeah, all it no, is. That was bullshit. Although I, I wish the fellas the best of luck, but that 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 was rubbish. But then Bill Ryder Jones, he is he the guy from the Coral? Yeah, yeah, that's him. That yeah, the guy. Yeah. Right, that song was insane. That's brilliant, right? Yeah, it's fucking he's, awesome. That his two albums, that one, the one after, are just fucking mind blowing. Because like, I, I used to like the Coral, but they had a certain shtick, and they were, you know, they were like um, at the at the time you appreciated the songwriting, but they were very much sort of media darlings, weren't they? Like everyone was like, oh, the Coral, mm. the Coral, the Coral, and you're like, ah, oh, you know, you were tired of them before you'd even heard their songs in a way, you know, because they were so hyped. Yeah. And that is just a really great songwriter who's written a really brilliant song there. And I enjoyed that. And I, and I had no idea he even had any solo albums. So uh, thank you for that one. That was good. Childcare. That was a track I had stored away to use in a playlist. You beat me to it. That's annoying because I really love that song. So. And it's, it's a beautiful song about a breakup, which is, is written in a slightly different point of view. I really like yeah. it. I think it's a brilliant yeah, it's song. a brilliant song. It's a brilliant song. It's great. And the, yeah, the band, like actually, like they rock, unless a 41-year-old man saying a band rock means they're shy, but I think they yeah, rock. who knows anymore. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, so YYZ, obviously, the, the Ian Jury, I hate Ian Jury, right? Wow. This is my, yeah. No, can't stand him because of, <clears throat> not because of anything he's done to me personally or his music, but um, that, I, I watched that movie. Okay. Uh, where, I haven't watched it yet. Where Andy yeah, Serkis yeah. So plays... Don't worry about spoilers. I'll work it out. Yeah. Well, just in the first... I turned it off after not very long because he's a prick. Yeah, I was going to say, isn't it? Be, he's, uh, he's portrayed a monumental as a, prick. a monster, yeah. Yeah, and I never liked his music that much, so I was just like, I just discarded him. Um, and that is uh, just a brilliant track. I've, I've, I've played that, I think, more than any of the other... Any other track on the three playlists, I think I've played that over and over again. I really enjoyed it. Soul Williams, that was heartbreaking for me because I think that's shite. And I really like Soul Williams. So that was, I just thought that was, is it too bombastic? Am I too old? I don't know. Yeah, it's its out there. It is an out there track. It's one of those tracks that we get, we get on these playlists where he says Telegram. It's called Telegram. Mm -hmm. So we put it in. Do we We're really, in. do we really listen to it and think? Can I not just, is this worth putting in? Because we've all got those tracks. Go on the flip side of that. Would you rather listen to that or a metronomy? Well, I'd r rather listen to that, but then I'd rather listen to Frank Ifield doing yodeling. So, you know, who am I to say? <laughs> <laughs> no, pleasing some people. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then uh, I, I love the ending. Right, okay, so... Let's start off at the beginning. Call me. We both had that one. Um, I I thought that was another golden banger. Um, I thought that's going to be, and and I thought the only reason it wouldn't be 
would be because one of us chose Hanging on a Telephone. Which is not the better track out of the two. Which is not the better track. That one actually is, oh, I always forget his name. The chap who invented disco. Giorgio. Moroda. Yeah, yeah. He did the um, music for American Gigolo. Hmm. Debbie Harry wrote the lyrics for that, and he wrote he wrote oh. the music. But you know that's probably why it's better than hanging on a telephone. Oh yes, because yeah. he's involved in it. World Service. I like the intro, and then the track just lost me. I thought that would look, you know it sounded really promising, and again, I just I just it's a minute too it. long. MF Doom. I put down. It's cheeky that I said, I said somebody said me cheeky. No, uh, same with sound and vision as well. You could argue that's a bit. Yeah, cheeky. they're both cheeky for those sort of things. But what I want to talk about with MF Doom is there's a bo- little bonus song almost, isn't there? What, at the end? Yeah, yeah, but it actually worked really well into the next one, Pool Kids. And I think that mm. I was so in awe of that transition that I forgot to write anything about Pool Kids at all, to the point where when Cal started saying about how much he hated it, I actually went and scribbled in there, missed this one on my notes... Um, I didn't write anything else because I I hated that as well. I didn't like that at all. Um, to the point where I've obviously just blanked it out of uh, of existence on your playlist. Labby Sifri, I had that on mine, but I just thought it was a bit. Too, it's too twee. It's like a really tw- really twee, twee song. It is twee. twee. To be honest, a lot of his stuff is, but it's. It's just dead nice, and I just couldn't. I couldn't say no to like it. It's good. It's good. It's twee, mm. but it's good. Where do you draw the line? And say you're going to go up to you know George Harrison. And say oh, you know here comes the sun. It's very twee that. Yeah, yeah hit you, you can with get his, the fuck with that. He hit yeah. you with his fucking twelve string. You know, it's like get the fuck. I invented twee. <laughs> you know, I mean that guy. You know, Labby invented twee. He can do it. Fair enough, but I found it irritating. That's why I didn't put it in. Yeah, but if you think about if, if you think about the tracks that we put on the track that we put onto the golden yeah. shuffle, it ain't a patch on that, is it? It's a totally. But remember, Lavi Sifra is literally he can play anything. Yeah, I know we can play anything. He's every genre. He's all, all, he's all genres. All genres. He can well, segue f- from funk to death metal, and you wouldn't even be be off the fucking third beat, mate. Honestly, I wouldn't even got my boots on and he'd be there. <laughs> the Johnny Cash, I knew you'd like it, Carl, obviously. But I just couldn't, like, I think I would have liked it more if it was the music with more upbeat lyrics or the lyrics with more depressing music. <laughs> like, I didn't, <laughs> I didn't like... You didn't like the juxtaposition. I didn't like the juxtaposition of the two and I found it, it was like wearing underpants were made out of sandpaper. It was just really uncomfortable. Um, so I couldn't get on with that. Didn't like that. Um, and then unfortunately, you went into Jimmy Buffet at the end. And I know, I know you say it's a novelty track. And the one that we both put on for the Hangover playlist is a darn sight better than than that. That's Jimmy Buffett, though. That's who he is. Which is just horrible country and western. Music, I think, is a man made of denim smoking. Yeah, I know. I think you know, t- t- Tim. You've you've done this sev- several times now. You've been down on country, and this is, and I know I get accused of being 
a, a merchandiser, but this is really going to damage our <laughs> demographic in the United States. And I'm not. You've got a big listenership. It's nearly twenty percent, guys. <laughs> nearly twenty percent of our audience <laughs> is in the states. I, I, I'm quite I proud think, of that. You know, since since my conversion to Taylor Swift, I've got a real appreciate. Well, before then, really, I've got a real appreciation for what country music is meant to be. I think you can you can really appreciate what country music is to. I mean, it might not be to your ear, but in terms of the musicality, you know, it's it's like folk music in that it, it has to conform to certain standards. It has to hit certain things. Do you know what I mean? So it has to sound a certain way and it has to be a certain thing. Otherwise, it's, it's just not country. But at the same time, uh, that's a form, but it's the work within the form, you know. And I think Jimmy Buffett, the interesting thing is that he works in the, th- the form, but... It, he he does humorous things within that form, and it might not be particularly funny, but he's really constricted by that form, mm. you know. So and somebody who's been knocking out the same form within that idea for about thirty years, he's doing something wrong. Well, yeah, you know, and so you might see it as horrible, but but what it is is not horrible, but and it may be cliched, but one person's cliche is another person's trope. Yeah, totally. And and I haven't got you know I've put country songs on in in the past i'm not down on country i'm just down on that song because it's cack (laughs) (laughs) point conceded no i agree that it isn't dolly Parton, is it it's not chris christopherson it's not chris christopherson it's not 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 williams you know it's cack i couldn't go on with that mac miller i've talked about that lazy singing starts of vomiting dull and repetitive talking heads i love talking heads i like that tune i loved the little slap bass yeah yeah we we i think there was a lot of slap bass this and week. i put down about sound and vision i was listening to it and i was like thinking right this is low you know this is a big album people talk about it being an influential album and I, I wish that I would have been able to listen to that Berlin period, like be there to listen to that, because it doesn't, to me, it doesn't sound as, as groundbreaking as the album obviously was at the time, because so many subsequent artists have copied it. And I think Sound and Vision is a perfect track to explain, like it's not it's not one of his bangers. You've got the best of David Bowie. Sound and Vision is not going to be one of those ones that, you know, you're like, Phew listen to this one no well it's got about six words in it for start exactly it's not that lyrical masterpiece that you always assume being david bowie mm. but the actual the instrumentation's awesome oh yeah Beautiful. totally but that's that's what i'm talking about at the time you'd have heard that and you'd be like oh my god this is you know, you know this is a revelation but i think looking back you think like i suppose i felt that with bowie when he released black star I was like, what is this? And that's the only time I've ever had that with Bowie, I suppose. And I wish I could I wish I could have that with the other with with the other albums. No, I totally get that. I, I, I think uh, my love for the very late period Bowie is because I was obviously shown the Berlin period as like, oh, you've never heard David Bowie, listen to this. And they put low on. And you're like, well, this is absolute. This is shite. No, this is rubbish. Like a million people have done this better since. Don't worry about it, you know. And then they're like, oh, right, okay, try this one. They put Lodger on, and you're like, well, this is like that, but shitter. What are you doing? 
it's rubbish. And then they try you with um, heroes, and you're like, well, I've heard this one. Do you know what I mean? Everyone knows this one. It was on the bloody Olympics. What are you doing? Do you know what I mean? It's and it just it all sounds trite and shit, and and then it sounds like people trying too hard to be difficult. Um, whereas something like Black Star sounded current. All the next day sounded eager and 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 very prescient, you know, in, in a way that those older albums now don't seem. Whereas mm. something that references the past more and, and more obviously, like Young Americans, will yeah. always sound uh, very much in keeping with its time. When things are trying to get ahead of their time, they sound weird, and they will always sound weird. And, you know, they they will never land on the time they were meant to be. You know, and like Black Star will never sound contemporary to any other time. It didn't sound contemporary at the time. It sounds weird, but it's a weird that I can understand. Whereas Lodger to me just sounds like probably one of the worst produced albums ever made. But we all have to agree that it was absolutely groundbreaking, a staggering achievement for human musicality. But I, I yes. personally don't feel that, you know, so I, I totally agree with that. And Sound and Vision is a great track, but like you say, in the best of David Bowie, it's no young Americans, is it? Bjork, I've just put Goddess next to it i love bjork i think she's a force of nature when you see when you well, see my her wife would disagree she thinks she's a disgrace but um but yeah i think she's a goddess so um yeah it, it was one of those it was like the stuff that i loved really loved and then there was there was certain songs that we've talked about that doggerel never gonna get into yeah, well done. Thank you very much. Enjoyed it, apart from Teletext, Jimmy Buffett, Paul Kids. Otherwise, solid gold, Bill. <laughs> solid gold, yeah. Well, that's 16 out of yeah, 20. Yeah, that's yeah, a good, good. Grade, dude. Outstanding. Three out of five. Right, golden shuffle time. So these are the tracks that we're deciding we're going to add to the, the greatest shuffle list of all time. Who wants to go first? Bill, why don't you go first this time? It really wasn't hard for me, to be honest, because whilst I enjoyed a lot of aspects from both your playlists, there was one track that was shared between both of you, which just fucking blew my brains off, and that was Phoebe Bridges. Incredible track. Really enjoyed that album. Her subsequent album's good. But that first album just mind-blowingly good. Um, and just her her use of instruments with her songwriting is really clever. Um, and she's able to tell a coherent story and able to um, inst- uh, use the, the band around her really wisely. And the, the production's absolutely fucking fantastic. So putting that one straight. Yeah, brilliant. Um, yeah, I've got a I've got I've got a long list of three, I think. Nice no, two, really. It's either the Sparks or Childcare. Um I think I'll go with Childcare. Put down your nice. pen. Just because there's gonna be more sparks down the road. And there are better spark songs than that. Uh, even though that's a brilliant one. Okay, um, so said about Carl's playlist having was it sort of like eight eight my little stars next to um, next year. So there was there was YYZ, Telephone Girl, Elvis Costello's track, The Ratatat, The Will Valley, The Whispers, uh, Smoke Signals. But obviously, I put that on myself and Messenger of Bad News. Those those were the ones that I thought right, they're going on. They're going on the golden shuffle or, or potentials. On Bills, there was Bjork, Ian Drury, and Saul Williams. Really loved the Ian Drury 
Uh, is it going to be? So it's, it's, it's a toss up between that and Bjork. If we got, we haven't got any Ian Ian Drury. We haven't got any Bjork, and we haven't got any Bjork. But Bjork's going to come up again, isn't well, she? I I think I had her on uh, the opening tracks. I had Human Behaviour, and you, you everyone turned their nose up at that. So you know, there's no there's no guarantee. Mm. That's one of the best tracks. Shall I just t- shall I just flip a coin? We've done that in the past. Stick your Can't pen in it. Right, I'm going to go for Bjork because that track is one of her best and I'll appreciate it when I'm listening to the Golden Shuffle on uh, my headphones when I'm allowed back on a train. Right, now it's time to choose our next topic by spinning the Steelers Wheel of Fortune. Bill, spin the wheel. Right, we're spinning. Here we go. Pretty tense. And we're on, oh, short and sweet. The best songs under two minutes in duration. Yes, I'm all over that, mate. Oh, Christ, okay. If you've enjoyed anything you've heard in our playlist, want to share your thoughts on playlisting, or have any suggestions for future themes you'd like us to curate, please email us at nostairwaypodcast at gmail.com. Tweet us at no underscore stairway. Or find us on Facebook or Instagram. Or leave a comment at nostairwaypodcast.com. And so we reach the end of the episode. It's time to hang up the metaphorical phone call, return the metaphorical letter to its metaphorical sender, and storm out of the metaphorical WhatsApp group in a huff. From our metaphorical tin can to yours, along the metaphorical piece of string that is cyberspace, we wish you a fond farewell. I've been Carl. My thanks to both Bill and Tim. We're middle-aged men. We made some mixtapes. We hope you like them. Until next time, take care. Tell Laura I love her. That guy, right? No, wasn't him, was it? And did he sing Tell Laura I Love Her? Did he sing Tell Laura I Love Her? No way. Tell Laura I love her. Tell Laura I need... Did he not do that one? Was that Richie Havens?